0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go,
1: grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And Michael, we've got a great question here, and it is, is hell forever? Are you ready to go for this one?
0: I am ready to go for this one. All right. All right. So... Obviously, lots of different views on the concept of hell. Many of our modern views are formed by, ironically, actually, the cultural views by Dante's Inferno and, yeah. and pop literature uh, throughout the actually last thousand plus years. So when we think about hell, you have maybe – let's go with a, a Catholic view of hell, this concept of purgatory, which purgatory mm-hmm. isn't hell, but it's a uh, place similar
1: – yeah, what was that word? Intermediate. Mid- <laughs> I can't even say it.
0: Intermediate. Uh, inter- intermediate. 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 It's an in-between place, if yeah. you will. Um, but that's not really how. That's, that is a, a – a, yeah, it's just hard for me to get my head around how they got there. But so – you have purgatory, which as a Protestant, we're gonna just reject because sure. the concept is not found anywhere, anywhere in, scripture. in Scripture whatsoever. So people not bad enough to go to hell, go to purgatory, but not good enough to go to heaven, you gotta pay work off some of your sins. Work off your sins before because you because the suffering of Christ was not able to fully cleanse you. So now let's put that aside because we're not talking about that Uh, universalism would be this idea that everybody eventually gets to heaven and that heaven is really for everybody. And it's this, it's a, it is not the historic Christian view by any stretch of the imagination. And the challenge with that view, and some would say universalists would say that hell is for Satan and demons, but not for people. Mm, There are all different mm -hmm, kinds of mm -hmm. universalists. Generally speaking, Universalism, I would say, is a more thoughtless, feel-good type of approach. That yeah, it you, makes
1: everybody feel good, and yeah. you know, everybody goes to heaven.
0: You can't really open up the Bible and say, "Oh, it's universalism." It's just it doesn't work that way because in the Bible, people and
1: Satan and demons go to hell. The so, amazing thing is Jesus talked more about hell than he did. Heaven, right. So if it was if it was not a real place, and if it wasn't for people, he wouldn't have spent so much time warning against it.
0: Absolutely. And we're at a place now in 21st century evangelicalism, if you will. There's two dominant views. I would say one is definitely not the dominant dominant, mm. but uh, the newer emerging view. And don't get me wrong, this has been around for the last 2,000 years to a degree, but it's this idea called annihilationism, which Uh-oh. basically means that. You go to hell for a period of time to be punished for your sins. But what happens is that you inevitably are annihilated. You cease to exist. Mm-hmm. There is no consciousness. Um, it's like when you go to sleep and you're not even aware. You just literally cease to exist. Yeah. And uh, the other view of hell would be eternal conscious punishment, torment forever and ever. And that's the traditional biblical view. It is. Bi- and I don't mean this to be sassy, but because at first blush, the clear reading of Scripture seems to communicate that people who reject Jesus are judged as guilty. They go to hell. Hell lasts forever. Hell is and they're conscious. They're conscious, and hell is a place where uh, you—it's a physical place mm-hmm. where resurrected people go, and they experience it forever. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever, and et cetera, et cetera. Annihilationism has been an attempt to get god off the hook. And and here's what I mean by that. When you're talking about hell and and the debate around the nature of hell, what is it? You're you're really talking about how can a good loving god who loves his people and does not rejoice in their suffering? How could he allow them to be tormented day and night forever and ever without ceasing nor second chances? Yeah, right. It feels uh, so difficult to get your head around and, and I'm going to be honest with you, there are multiple times throughout a year where I am preaching or pre- preparing for a sermon, and the very concept of hell just grinds on my deepest senses of right and wrong and justice and, and God's character and God's nature, because I just can't fathom. Like, for example, I'll give you a, a, a give me an story example. of like what goes through my head. I have this thought, like, what if I die and Islam is right?
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And I, here I am yeah. pouring out my life for what I believe is good and right, sacrificing and, mm-hmm. and putting my neck and reputation on the line, willing to give my life for, for what I am convinced is true and good and right. And what if I die, and I meet Allah, and he's like, you were wrong, you know, and then I see Jesus, and he's like, I'm not God, and, I, and then he's like, hell, and I'm like, what? Wait a minute, that would be me? a nightmare. That would be a nightmare, and I'm thinking, so, like, these are, like, these are the thoughts, but how many people are going to get there, and they're going to— yeah. They're going to meet the resurrected, glorified Jesus Christ, the judge of the living and the dead. And he's going to look at them and say, you're done. No second chances. You had everything you needed. And then the Calvinist in me, I'm just telling you my thought process here. <laughs> the Calvinist in me is going to say, yeah, but like I had no choice. Like you didn't oh choose goodness. me. And, and here's my point. I, I On a human level, it is infinitely difficult to try to wrap your head around hell Judgment. Now, by the way, I I exposed there some issues that somebody who holds our position of eternal conscious torment is going to have. There are equally, I think, as difficult issues with annihilationism. There are equal issues with universalism. The idea, just the concept that Hitler will not be tormented for his sins and murderers and rapists are just going to be like every bit of sensibility in me is just, is just violated. When I hear about annihilationism, I'm I'm sitting here thinking you're going to erase their existence mm. forever. Mm. And here's the, like the bigger question. I'm probably putting more doubts in people's mind than anything. <laughs> right. But like the, but this is, I do want to just empathize. Like I'm not some cold heartless, like, um, but who just says, well, the Bible says this or whatever. Like, yeah. um, like if I'm an annihilationist, or honestly, if I'm in any position that believes in any semblance of hell, I want to know this. like okay, God, um you could you knew exactly what it would take, what experience a person would have to go through for them to believe and trust in you. And you didn't organize or orchestrate that experience for them
1: and see see for these me, are the thoughts that goes in my, my head. thoughts. And my thought is just the opposite. You know, that, since God is so just and so righteous, and at the same time so loving, so merciful, so grace grace filled, then He would have put events in their lives so that they could believe in the gospel. They could uh, be exposed to the gospel. And for whatever reason, and this is the way I think, why didn't they? God is moving towards them. Why are they not accepting what He's doing in their life? Why is He they? Why do they? Why do they not accept God's movement, God's draw in their life? Why do they push mm-hmm. back on God? You're and a better person than me. He, no, I think the value in this— I think we're or, both yeah. looking at the same situation from two sides, and yeah. I, I think both sides are legitimate. You know, and they're both you know, black and white issues here, but we're just seeing them from the opposite uh, so, side.
0: Yeah, and I come at it, I come at usually questions like this from a much more skeptical perspective. My my bigger issue is I've got such thick moral objections. Like, from my limited seat to every view of hell. They're all unjust Mm to me. Uh, The idea that everybody goes to heaven is unjust to me. The idea that people go to hell forever feels unjust to me. Annihilationism feels unjust. Everything, I look at all of them, and, and there's, like, no neat, nice way. And there's no religious system that I look at their view of punishment and afterlife that makes sense to me. The only the only part of afterlife that I feel like makes sense to me is the fact that Jesus would die for Jesus me would, and pay my price for me. That I'm like all in on and I love but that But for me, that's the
1: one that I don't get. Why would he do such a thing? I mean, we all deserve, we all deserve hell. We all deserve that. And none of us deserve heaven. None of us deserve that Jesus would die for me. I'm an old millennial.
0: Us. I think all people are basically good. No, I'm kidding. That was true. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: Let <laughs> it all in true, take it out like, but we know better than that, Michael.
0: But that's, I, I think, even probably generationally though, like you and I probably start in different places. Yes, and we then, do. And then here's here's the challenge: every person from every generation, from every culture, in every century, in every location, we we come at the scriptures and this notion of God's love and justice with a bias, and what. The Christian has to do is lay our bias aside, ask the hard questions, put them on the table, don't be afraid of them, but we have to put our bias aside, our senses of our notions of justice, and let the scriptures tell us what is true and what is good. And somehow, this idea that God is fully loving and fully just, um, that hell is forever, um, that God is merciful and righteous. All of these are going to converge, and when I when I'm there and I see it, it's it's going to make sense. And and the I think some people have this idea that that evangelical conservative Christianity has the most problems when you ditch evangelical. The, the I would just say the evangelical default notion of hell, which I know not all of you evangelicals are there, but when you take this idea that hell is eternal conscious torment, you somehow think you're you're getting rid of the problem and you're making something easier. Every position has flaws sure. that are fatal and illogical and frustrating and inconsistent with scripture. Uh, if you go to annihilationism, you just have a whole new set of problems. If you go to universalism, you have a whole new set of problems. If you go to uh, uh, um, this idea of karma and um, what's the word? Gosh, my my brain, incarnation. Incarnation. You have a whole new set of problems. Every system feels like it has emotional and intellectual and philosophical and theological problems. My question is, okay, uh, the word of God is true. What does it say despite whether or not I fully understand it and despite right. whether or not I feel like at this point, from my vantage point, from my seed, that I like it? And that's where we land on is hell forever. We would say yes because just the basic clear – Reading of scripture is is that's what it communicates. Now, do annihilationists have a point? I feel like they have to do a lot of redefining of terms and words to to make their point. And uh, any any interpretation that says, yeah, I know it says this, but that's not what it means on almost every single one of the texts. I just I'm a little I'm a little weary of mm-hmm. um, and then ranting. <laughs> and then um then there's the human side of this. Yeah. Which I think you and me probably do this a lot. We have two parts of our brain that we work out of. One is we debate the ideas. But if somebody comes up to me and says, is my aunt Susie in hell? How you minister and love a human Mm -hmm. and not an idea, Mm -hmm. those are two totally different things. Right now, we're dealing with the idea. But the person who's listening to this, who is wanting to click on this episode and listen because it's personal for them. Yeah. They're probably not wanting us to debate the ideas. They probably want some kind of assurance or reassurance or whatever. And uh, so you and I do have the ability to answer questions either from a theoretical, philosophical, theological, doctrinal perspective. Um, But I want to be clear. Our approach in this one is is – a little cold and heartless, not because we are, but because we're debating the concepts and the ideas. Make sense? Clear as mud?
1: It does. And I I think we need to let, let Jesus have the final word on this. In Matthew 25, 46, Jesus is talking, and he is saying to the people that are listening there, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So there is... The final word by Jesus, hell is eternal, heaven is eternal. But the annihilationist would say,
0: but if you look at the word eternal, <laughs> and that, that's where I have issues because you constantly have to keep... You have to change the meaning. Uh, the, well, I don't know. Anyways, I'm not an annihilationist, so I'm probably not in this moment going like, to make any annihilationist feel heard, understood, or well-represented. I just... I
1: don't buy, by and large, their are not argument. So,
0: but they make me feel a little better. Not much, though.
1: <laughs> well, listeners, please come back next time when we have another one of your questions, which will be: What do you think of people who claim to be mediums?